I mean, like I said, I've been following your photography for like on and off for probably two and a half years or something. That's so cool. Yeah. I love to hear that. Yeah. That's I mean, fun. you're good. You're like extremely talented. <laughs> so there's that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So let's do this. Um, welcome to the Van Man Podcast. My name is Sam and I am the Van Man. Today I've got a Utah photographer uh, as my guest. His name is Braden Ball. Um, and weirdly, I'm actually really good friends with his sister, which is kind of how we uh, got connected and how your name came up. Um, and like I said, I've been following your photography forever. This is part two of six parts in a series of Utah photographers. Um, and I kind of want to just dive into questions about how you got started in photography and what's kind of set you apart and, you know, how you've been chasing your passion over the years. So, um, can you tell me what's your origin story? Okay. Origin story. Um, it starts with my grandma. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah. I, she had a a old Nikon D90 camera, wow. digital camera. And every time I'd go visit, I would mess around with that camera and I would get to know every single setting on it. I'd like go through and read the manuals and like know exactly what all of these like dumb little terms meant within right. the settings. And just, I mean, she lives up in Driggs and like Victor, Idaho, both right. my grandparents live up in, uh, up in the Teton. So it's super pretty place to begin with. And I would just take the camera and walk down dirt roads and take pictures of ducks and <laughs> I don't know. That's just awesome. Like <laughs> trying to get to know the camera and how it works. I think the beginning stages of my photography life started with the interest of like how the camera is capturing light, right. like the technical aspect. I just right. think is like super fascinating. Yeah, I don't know that many photographers have even read the menu manual. Jeez. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm so into like I did a a PowerPoint presentation like my research uh, like project in is probably in junior high on like Uh the CCD the charge coupling device like like, the old school like (laughs) sensor of a digital camera like how it works like photons coming in capturing like all the color values. This is the charging device. The essential couple is central couple. What did, what did I say? Um, charge coupling device. Charge, charge coupling device. device. Yeah. So yeah. not even on like the lenses yeah, like, and all that stuff or the... <laughs> I, I apologize if I'm saying that wrong, uh, but <laughs> like, that's I'm awesome. sure that's it. Um, yeah, just how the sensor of a digital camera works. So the technical aspect was really interesting for me. Um, and then I got my first camera when I was 15 I got a Kodak Z710 Easy Share, and I just started taking photos with that and just walking around, taking photos of, I don't know, anything and everything. Um, I started taking photos of my, like, friend's band with that, and so I would, like, get to go to shows and, like, take pictures of him and playing, and uh, that was really fun to learn how to shoot kind of in, like, lower light venues and stuff. Right. And I bet you felt so legit just taking oh. pictures of the band and going to these concerts. Yeah, totally, totally. I just felt like, oh yeah, I'm t- I'm taking pictures like for the band. I'm yeah. the photographer. Yeah, I'm yeah. like the photographer. <laughs> like, That's awesome. As dumb as that is, like when I'm 15, you know, like I it like I had a job to do kind right. of thing, and I would just like go into the front of the stage and get these shots. Um, and then that morphed into my like biking era. Right. I was really, really into mountain biking. Um, we still are. I, I still am. I still right. love 
writing and that like is kind of the culmination of this story um when i was like 19 or 18 or so i um told myself I was, I was really into mountain biking at the time. I told myself, I'm either going to buy, like, a really nice downhill mountain bike, like, devote my life towards it, go pro, like, that was going to be it, or I'm going to buy, like, a really nice SLR camera right. and devote my life towards it, go pro, because I was just still shooting, like, with, with this little, like, dinky Kodak, uh, like, point-and-shoot camera. Right. So, at the time, it was, like, a pivotal moment in my life, but I, I chose the camera, and I just started taking photos of my buddies biking and that really kind of kick-started my like official photography career right because i i would take photos of them mountain biking they're incredible they're still like sponsored riders are huge like incredible right. probably some of the best in in utah and like the nation um and those were able to get like pictures of the day on like these big mountain bike websites and so I started to be having a little bit of notoriety. Like I'd go into bike shops and they'd know who I am because like I got pod on pink bike. And oh, that's so cool. That was like, Oh, this is the first kind of like award or like accolade in photography. I'm like, Oh, this is like cool. And I'm like shooting my buddies and they're like turning out good. And I don't know. It kind of started this. Yeah. The whole thing. Do you feel like knowing so much of the technical side has helped you to the point where you'd recommend that for other professional photographers or can you kind of get away with out knowing every little aspect like that? Yeah, I think, I think picking something within photography that you like want to obsess over okay, is helpful instead of just like, I want to be a photographer and like take photos at weddings or families, or whatever. Like, can, can you give me some examples yeah, I mean, um, the artistic point of photography is, is much harder to, like, learn and describe. So, I right. I mean, I kind of gravitated towards some of the technical s- things early on, but now I'm very, I'm more obsessed with the artistic side, right. uh, composition, um, leading lines, patterns, um, like... Fibonacci sequence, like right. like crazy artistic things that are technical in like why is this photo objectively better than another photo? That's really interesting to me because a lot of times like it's I'm it's just it's all subjective, but I right. want I want to get as most objective as I can. Like, well, so yeah. that, that's my like furthering of my nitpicky passions on like little things i think with anything you're into i think to go far in it you've got to be like a little bit obsessed with like even the most minute um detail about that thing right and did you uh for you was that like leading you towards landscape photography and outdoor photography i mean did you consider doing more you know model wedding like what when was what was kind of the choosing or turning point for you? Um, I really I grew up watching ski films and bike films, and I kind of told myself like I'm gonna do that route, um, kind of like action sports, um, and I would take photos of these things. But the the first thing in my mind when I'm taking photos of 
like a skier or a mountain biker, I'm seeing the landscape and I'm trying to place the mountain biker within the point of that landscape that would draw the eye to them. So I feel like early on I realized how I looked at nature and how I looked at trees and the composition of the mountains and angles and lines to lead you to that biker or that skier. And eventually I got to the point where like I'd be skiing and I'd want to ski more than I would want to shoot (laughs) or I would want to bike more than I would want to shoot biking. And I then just started taking more landscapes because when I was doing these activities, I'd want to do the activities. <laughs> and so then you're already out there. Yeah. You're and like, so, might as well just bring the camera along. Yeah. I think that like shooting in nature is where I started really like falling in love with the artistic side. And I've always been into camping and outdoor activities. So it was a natural fit for that. Yeah. And it's crazy how even if if someone like me who doesn't know all of that stuff, the Fibonacci sequence and (laughs) the leading lines and like, I don't, that's not what I think about when I look at a photo, but I objectively can usually pick out, you know, what's the better photo, even though I don't know those things. And I think that just, you know, proves the point to how powerful they really are. And it drives me nuts when I have a friend who does a lot of, you know, just film photography for fun and he'll take pictures of like, you know, some Coke glass at a restaurant and it's this killer photo. It's this amazing <laughs> picture. And I'm like, if I took a picture of my, like my, my water at a restaurant, it would look like absolute trash, <laughs> you know, but he just understands like, you know, what part of the photo should the glass be in? And, you know, how can I bring out the color a little bit more? And, you know, what are, you know, how to blur out the background, like little things like that, that just make his photo of this stupid random object just look so incredible. <laughs> it drives me nuts. <laughs> you know, I, I love that. I love like the levels of photography on just like, you're going to capture the thing and then, or right. then you're going to know the capabilities of the camera and how to manipulate everything within that frame to make it look good. Right. Um, there's just different levels of, photography in my Uh-oh. yeah in my book i just you always know, just want to get to that level too you don't want to just like capture you want to capture it in a beautiful way or a meaningful way that tells more of the story um yeah there's all sorts of things you can do just to like up that a little bit more yeah how do you capture just a little bit more of the emotion a little bit more of the setting to yeah kind of portray what you're seeing in real life yeah i think that's incredible so you said you picked up a camera first when you were 15. How old are you now? I'm 30. 30. Okay, so it's been 15, 15 years in this years. journey. <sighs> wow. At what point did you get on Maverick's radar? And how did that interaction go? Like, how, how did you get picked up by Maverick? Yeah. Um, so the story is, yeah, right place, right time, good connections. Um, really good connections. So That's pretty important, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was 18, yeah, when I was 18, I was showing, I was at a family reunion and my mom's cousin, his name's Ernie. I was showing Ernie some of my biking photos and videos from a recent trip to Oregon. Um, and I was showing him some of these things I was proud of. And he was like, oh, this is amazing. Like you should, I was telling him like, I want to get into this. I want to, uh, this is like what I would love to do kind of thing. 
um, he's like, oh, this is sweet. You should come intern at my production studio. It's like, just to learn more video editing and right. that kind of thing. I was like, sweet. Get into the business side a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So we talked a little bit, and I interned at his production studio, which is called 8Fish. Okay. Um, and 8Fish was, like, the creative agency for Maverick at the time. Uh, so we did a little bit of Maverick. I, like, helped edit uh really old maverick like show i don't even know what channel it was on is like maverick kickstart they would like take people out on these like extreme adventures and do cool stuff and so i kind of learned how to video edit there um and then i when i turned 19 i left and went to went on an lds mission to portland and about the same time that ernie sold the production studio and so when he sold the production studio he became the um, director of marketing for Maverick. And just for reference, everyone, when you're saying Maverick, you're saying the Maverick, like <laughs> gas stations, the national Maverick. That's it. Ernie was the one that came up with Adventures First Stop. Like, he's like the face of Maverick. Like, he created the brand of what it is today, which is incredible. Yeah. So, just nuts. Yeah. It's a. For anyone listening that doesn't know what Maverick is, it's essentially a gas station when you boil it down. Um, but it's more than a yeah. gas station. <laughs> <laughs> it's very branded towards adventure. Like the tagline is what I said, adventure's first stop. Um, they have like over 300, probably three or 400 stores now in the Western United States, almost every state west of Nebraska. Go as far. I think we have four. I say we. I've been there. For, I was there for a long time. And, um, and we're crazy about them in Utah. Yeah. Like everybody loves Maverick. Like it, yeah. it, people go on Maverick stops just with their friends in college. Like it's just like going to a Chick Fil A or a Sonic drive through. It's like let's just go to Maverick. Let's just grab yeah. some drinks at Maverick. It's insane. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so when I got back from my mission, Ernie was like at my homecoming because um, I worked with him at Eight Fish. And he was like, hey, we have a spot opening up on the marketing team for Maverick. It wasn't photography, um, but it was doing events. And just like I was, I would just take the big trucks out, go to events, talk about the Adventure Club card program. Um, and so I remember I had a, I had an interview with a like a screen printing shop in Springville and they were going to like do some design work there and I was just like really into screen printing in high school. So I'm like, Oh, this is a really cool opportunity. And I remember like sitting in my car of like, I was going to that print shop for my second interview and I went there and they just weren't there. They like, weren't, I like rang the bell and like no one came. <laughs> so I like went back to my car and that's when Ernie called. Um, and it was like, Hey, uh, that job that I talked to you about, like we have an event, we have a grand opening, um, like in two days, like, do you want it <laughs> the job and i was like i don't know i don't know if i should take it like this screen printing job sounds really cool um but i like thought about it i prayed about it and i was like yeah i think i should just take this job even though i was living in springville and it was in salt lake wow and so i would like drive forever but it's like yeah it's a cool company like i like maverick maverick wasn't as cool as now back then this was when i was 21 so Nine was, years ago, yeah. Yeah, it was it a was long time ago. 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's how I started at what Maverick. What a stroke of luck. Yeah, it's just like, when can you start kind of thing. And 
I did events for like two, three years. And while I was doing those events, I would take pictures of like our setups and like Maverick's involvement at these big events. Right. And so I would like, I would tell the marketing team like, Hey, I'm into photography. They like see my landscape photos every once in a while. And like a, a Mountain Dew that would come in that was like, we have an exclusive on this Mountain Dew. Um, Braden, can you just like go take some pictures of it? And I was like, Oh yeah, I'll take pics. I'll just do it on the weekend and like take pictures of this like Mountain Dew while I'm camping. And then they would use that for like an ad that they would be doing. So it's pretty informal at first. Super informal, super informal. And I would be doing that and just like, whatever. I like taking photos and I like doing stuff and ventures first stop is fits my personal brand too. Um, and so eventually we're, I was doing a Ragnar race. Um, I was at the event for Maverick, not running it. And Ernie, he's like a big triathlon, like endurance guy. He was actually running the race and he ran past our booth and he's like, Hey Braden, um, I, we've been thinking, we just want you to do like photography and video. Um, you, you don't have to do, you're going to get a raise and you, we're not going to do like the, <laughs> the street the crew race. stuff. Yeah. He was like <laughs> running by and he's like, we'll talk later. Um, what? like, <laughs> he what just like took off. I was like, <laughs> Oh, sick. Cool. I don't know what that means. Um, we'd never had the next conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Ernie will never listen to this, but yeah, we didn't really have a next meeting on that. That was kind of my job description. And so from that point I was like, yeah, I'm going to do photos and video now. And I just kind of, like, started taking more pictures and, like, hey, what kind of stuff? Do we? And I would, like, come up with things for social media and, like. So you're just making it up, basically. Yeah, I was making it up because I, I was kind of making it up beforehand and I just kept making it up. And right. that ended, turned into a nine-year career at Maverick. Just, just taking pictures. Taking pictures. <laughs> so was the idea to travel to different states and update everything, was that your call and you pitched that or were they like, Hey, we need someone to do this. Would you be down? Yeah. It had gone back and forth quite a bit on like if we should go to photos or keep it with the illustrations. Um, and I don't know, it like went back and forth for a long time. They didn't know if we should do that. And our illustrator left and we we're like, okay, like maybe this is the time we try out the photos. <laughs> but just to back up for people, yeah. when you say, uh, photos versus illustrations. Can you explain how these like show up in Maverick and how they're in the stores? Yeah, totally. Uh, so in the Maverick, in the gas station inside, there's the walls of the gas station, obviously. And forever they've been like hand-drawn illustrations. I mean, they'd be on the computer and we print them, but they'd be like drawn in Photoshop. Yeah. These giant murals. Yeah. Huge murals about like Maverick land. They'd have like ice cream and like flowing into like a glacier with like someone climbing a glacier with above the coolers. And it was this whole drawn out mural. Um, and after the illustrator left, it was like, we kind of didn't have a choice, but also (laughs) we were like, so they came to us and, pitched Kayla and I the idea was like hey do you guys want to try this out and go do it and like oh that'd be, yeah that'd be awesome to take photos in place of these hand-drawn murals um and so we our first state was New Mexico because that was the next state that we we were just building in New Mexico first store in Albuquerque and so it was a new market 
And so we're like, oh, if we're going to try it, let's try it out in a new market with people that don't already have a preconceived notion about what a Maverick should look like. Right. It'd be a great place to start. Mm-hmm. And so New Mexico was our first state. Um, Kayla and I, like, we, I don't know how much notice we had. We probably, knowing Maverick and thinking back, we probably had a couple weeks <laughs> to, like, think about it. Um, and so we planned out a whole route. We got a, an RV and we just got in the RV and went to all of the best looking places in New Mexico in like a week's time. So we had, we could go into the planning process, but lots of planning oh, on, we so need nuts. to capture this area for sunrise drive forever capture it for sun another place for sunset drive forever capture another place for sunrise and so like we're just cruising around new mexico getting the best looking spots in new mexico and um yeah we photograph all the places and so it was part of the challenge of this that you had to plan it out well enough to get reimbursed for it and like charge it to the company um like what was that process like yeah so i was like nine to five like salary at maverick like i didn't have to like do much of like convincing them or like pitching stuff like they didn't know we knew photography they they just were like we need photos like period done (laughs) cool and so we would tell them like how much we thought it would cost based just purely on gas and food. Right. And they'd usually be like, that's too high. Let's cut it out. And <laughs> we'd be like, okay, we cannot cut out anything. So we just won't eat. Um, <laughs> Is that why you ended up with quesadillas all the time? Exactly. We're <laughs> <laughs> like, we could either go to this area of the state or we could like, we'd have to cut out that area of the state where we could just eat quesadillas and, go shoot that state of the state so that's awesome <laughs> most of the time i mean that's not like a hundred percent accurate we got a little bit more budget after a couple of states when we proved like right. we need to have money for gas and right. food and you show a couple of the pictures and it's like yeah and they're like okay oh, yeah these photos are gonna be on the walls for another 20 years at least yeah um, but then Kayla and I just suck at cooking. So quesadillas are the only warm thing we can figure out how to make. <laughs> That's, That's really awesome. fast and living out of a van. Um, so yeah, Kayla and I would live out of a van for like seven to 10 days to around the state and shoot massive panos. So would you then like do New Mexico, come back, then go do California for a week and do a tour around California and then come back after two weeks of that. And then you just did that for, what, how many states? Yeah, we did uh, nine states, ten states. Whoa. We did every state. We did Nebraska and every state west except Montana um, or Texas or, like, north and south Dakota. But wow. every other state. Yeah. And you just took these amazing photos for Maverick. And they're still on the walls now? Yeah, they're still on the walls. So, so. if I go to any Maverick in Utah... That's right. Yeah. All, the All of the new one like That's so they're, cool. <laughs> there's still there's still stores that are like old and they still are like on the list to get right the new still rap. illustrated. Yeah, still illustrated. So you'll see that every once in a while. But um so yeah, like Utah stores will have Utah photos. Uh New Mexico stores will have New Mexico photos. So every state that you go in they'll all be different. 
And we're talking massive. I mean, they're, how difficult was it to actually take the picture in a way that it could be blown up onto this 20 foot by 20 foot wall? Yeah, they're huge. Like, um, the sizing of them wasn't as a big of an issue as the ratio of them. Um, because we're shooting with like 50, 60 megapixel cameras. Okay. And so we're shooting really high resolution, but we're shooting a panel. So we're shooting like, like, I don't know, like 10 across from each other. Right. Like shooting from left to right, like snap, 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 and then stitching all of those images together to make Whoa. a panoramic. But the more difficult thing was all the walls are different sizes. In every store, they're a little bit different sizing, and the ratio is crazy. Like, if you pay attention to the bathroom wall, like, yeah. the ratio is, like, one by 100. It's Holy so smokes. skinny and so wide that you can't just take a photo and, like, crop in like that. And so that image was usually, like, 30 images across kind of thing. And that's how you end up with these really long, long panos. Yeah, super long panos. And that was a, that was the challenge of, like, where in the state has an interesting line that you can look out and see, like, right. that much interest for that, like, flat of an image. Right, because you can't just go take a picture of a lake because yeah. you can't expand that lake 30 yeah. times wide. So that would multiply with, like, above the fountain um, drinks, we wanted a waterfall there. And it okay. was a super weird ratio. And so we'd have to, like, figure out which waterfall in the state would, that would fit that ratio. That would also fit, Whoa. like, the waterfall flowing on top and around the fountain drinks. And so you could see the waterfall because the fountain drink machine took up, like, 70% of the wall. And so we'd think about those things before we'd even go out to shoot or like the, um, like the kitchen back wall or the cooler wall or the hallway. We'd be thinking about all of like the obstructions of the vents, um, how high the horizon should be. Like we thought about all of these things as we Right. Went. Cause you take a picture of this, you know, the Tetons of some dope mountain or whatever. And then all of a sudden there's just a vent on yeah. the wall blocking like the center of your photo. And then all of a sudden the whole photo is ruined. Yeah. So we'd be thinking about all of these things and it was definitely a learning uh, process. Yeah. Holy smokes. Um, after we shot New Mexico, we were like, Oh, this would be sweet. This would be sweet, but this photo doesn't work. Or this photo doesn't work because of the sky, we don't have enough sky because it just like goes right into the rafters. So like the, the framing that I would, that I've been trained, like my eye has like seen is like, Oh, this is a good photo, but it's not a good photo for the ratio we were shooting. Oh, that's and so, so it's, it was really hard to kind of train myself to have the eye of the wall that we were shooting for. Um, and so when we got back, Kayla and I were, were in charge of placing that image, like, like cropping it and making sure it fit on the wall well and working with the printers and, we would size everything correctly. And it's just like kind of a big headache that you wouldn't think about. It's just like, right. here's a photo, put it up. But, yeah. and then when you're actually on the trip, that means you have to get that photo because you've planned for it for weeks or months yeah. to get that specific ratio, that specific photo at that very specific time of the year. And so that's how you end up waiting for what, three, four, five hours for photos. Yeah. Easily. 
um, are like go to um, kind of timing was we would arrive at the location as early as we can, like afternoon. We'd scout out the location, make sure where we're going to shoot is good. Um, we'd usually split up, and so we could shoot like essentially two shots in one sunset. We'd shoot the sunset, get back in our car. Um, we'd decide if we needed to shoot sunrise there or go on to the next location, and we usually had this planned out beforehand. But we'd shoot that same location for sunrise and then bust it to the next location to get there by mid-afternoon to repeat the process. Okay. And so we'd be shooting and some areas looked better, like blue midday because we did want a lot of skies. So we'd be shooting morning, midday or sunset at three different locations. And we're just cruising around the entire state, which was intimidating because we had to like get the best shot, best landscape photo of, of this course. area. And we had one chance to do it. <laughs> so, And obviously you guys are professional photographers and had it really well planned out. But were there ever times that you just missed the shot and couldn't go back? Oh, yeah. Tons. <laughs> <laughs> um, Idaho, we got assigned to go there in December and they were opening up stores in January. So like, you got to go. <laughs> like, okay, do you know what? Idaho looks like in December. In December. It's snow. It's just going to be a white photo, white wall. Yeah. So we went and we tried our darndest and a lot of it was just complete ice and snow and like fogged and everything. And so I had taken a photo of um, this one location in the Sawtooth like a year prior and it was beautiful pano and it worked perfectly for like the hero shot of the stores is above the bev- above the um the cooler doors right and so i just gave him that photo <laughs> like, <laughs> this one you just gave him your photo from a year earlier yeah this one looks a lot better than the ones we got on our trip and so here you go <laughs> that's so cool so man we could probably spend the rest of the time talking about this and we're we're 25 minutes into like a 30 minute episode anyway yeah but i want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about you know how you transitioned away from that and what you're doing now are there some specific projects that you're working on or more recent ones that you're proud of um yeah i let me see i so i left maverick about a year ago about a year and a half ago um after doing these state trips like i felt like i kind of peaked like i I lived the best life I've ever, I mean, the best life. Ever. How many years were you doing that? Uh, it was nine years total. So you did now. nine years. Uh, how many of them were as the photographer just traveling um, around? So it'd be like six, like 67. Oh yeah. Peaking in yeah. your 20s, man. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> that's I know, crazy. man. I know. Uh, I just got to just, just keep going. Um, so you started looking for the next thing. Yeah. So I... I had friends that worked for Teton Sports and Brandon, like the creative director there had been calling me for ages on just to like work for Teton. (laughs) And I just like, no, I'm not ready yet. No, I'm not ready yet. And I told him that for months and months and months, probably a year, (laughs) honestly. Wow. And his persistence paid off. It did. Yeah. At a certain point I had just like, I felt like I had given everything I could to Maverick and I would just be like going back and doing the same thing as I would. Um, 
I really enjoyed my time there, but I just wanted a change. And so I left and went to Teton and it's been great. It's been an awesome learning opportunity to shoot more like product stuff. Um, I shot a lot of products like lifestyle stuff at Maverick, but they were like of Twix and like a, a Red Bull can in the outdoors. And now I'm shooting like tents and sleeping bags and backpacks, um, and just getting more immersed within like the actual outdoor, um, actual outdoor field. Yeah. The equipment, the people who are always outdoors instead of whoever's just going to a Maverick. Yeah. 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 So it's what I was shooting with Maverick, but actually what it's supposed to be in the outdoors. (laughs) Do you have a a dream passion project that you're like, man, if I ever get six months or a year or a week or whatever to just chase after whatever I want, not working for a company, do you have any sort of specific dream location you'd love to shoot? Um, not location. I, I feel like I search after stories more nowadays. Um, if it's like a compelling story, then I, I feel a drive to capture that and shoot that and capture the emotion in the images, not just capturing a location, but like capturing beautiful inspiring story in a beautiful location like that's a lot more of a driving factor for me um i've i shot my grandpa um on horseback he goes to he goes to arizona every february with his buddies and just rides in the superstition mountains and i invited myself on uh, the last two years of those trips and so like that story means a lot more to me than just like shooting a location and so those have been some like personal projects that I've done that have captured my grandpa and his friends and their passion and the horses and the landscapes that they're going in. It's just, it means a lot more to me. And I think it, it shows in the photos. Um, so just, yeah, some of my favorite work. I mean, I've seen a few of those photos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just think someone as talented as you are at taking some of these photos and I hope whoever's listening goes over to your page on Instagram and starts just scrolling through because <laughs> you're phenomenal like your Thank 15 you years much. of experience really shows and the professionalism as well just it clearly shows and so to be able to capture some of those personal moments is, is pretty incredible I actually um, on the podcast one of my first couple of episodes were my my grandparents mm, and yeah it's I may never get another chance to record those episodes again you yeah. know it, you know they might not uh, my grandma actually is probably not going to be up for another episode. She just doesn't have mm-hmm. the energy. So to be able to capture that just a couple of months before she lost the really the energy to be able to do that is pretty incredible. So yeah. I'm glad you're you're taking those chances to to capture your grandfather. I think that's. I, I think mean, that's the 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 benefits of being like in a creative field or doing creative things. Like at one, you can just do creative things for yourself, but the level two is like creating capturing memories and capturing art on behalf of other people and it's a much deeper level than just taking a picture with your phone it's like capturing life and holding that and i think that's super important and and being able to do that through your your personal passion yeah through through the thing that you've learned and loved Mm -hmm. um one end in question because um we do got to end in just a few minutes but um to a budding photographer or just someone who's thinking about jumping into their passion and just need a little bit of direction, what advice would you give that person? Um, I think finding a story that means a lot to them, um, 
is the next step. I think you can go out and take photos all you want, and I think you should. I think you should, like, take your camera and go walk around town and learn how the camera works and learn the settings and take photos of stars. Make sure, like, doing those, like, little checkmark photography things, like, oh, I got the Milky Way, that's so cool, or, like, I shot a concert, or I shot, like, my buddy's... Uh, graduation photos kind of thing like right or his motorcycle or his car or whatever yeah like i think those are super important to do and you should just go hard on that but as soon as you find a story like um yeah you your buddy is climbing this big mountain i don't know like some sort of thing like your sister has a like i don't know like a violin like a recital or something like it doesn't have to be anything crazy story, just a story to capture. Try to capture that in as many creative ways as you can get like tied up on the violin and get the strings, get like her practicing, like capture a full story from start to finish. Um, like multiple sessions. I think it will just give a, a deeper meaning and deeper, um, connection to, the art that you're creating that's not just an image it's an entire story and you'll be able to tell people about that image and tell people about the what went into it i think it just brings more passion i love that thank you so much man thanks for being on the podcast especially (laughs) answering the instagram dm of some random dude that you don't know and your your passion and hard work and even your kindness just like show through and i really appreciate it thank you so much yeah thanks sam Of course. See you, everyone.